0: Hello everyone and welcome to episode 164 of LaRouge Rugby Podcast. My name is Derek Brissett and my typical co-host Stu Hardy is still on the run um, from the various local authorities for giving the Arrows game plan to the New England Free Jacks. So I am once again joined by the king of all MLR Sabre metrics and numbers of every kind, Mr. James Dealy. James, uh welcome back. Two in a row. Thank you. Yeah, back to back.
1: Back to back for me. Um I'll keep doing this as long as Stuart's on the run.
0: Oh, it sounds like it might be a while, so it, uh, <laughs> it's a, it's a pretty he's uh, some
1: maybe he's been planning this for a while. He's got some bunker somewhere in uh, in Algonquin or something like that.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think he's yeah, he's got the bunker in Algonquin, the only thing he has is uh, you know a tablet with the rugby network app on it, so he can still mm-hmm. probably keep up with games. I think he's still doing that. I occasionally see a tweet or two from him, so I guess he's watching, watching them somewhere in that bunker. Um. So James, we uh, typically we start with the arrows on here, but every now and then there seems to be a bigger story than uh, the Toronto arrows that feels like it really needs to lead off. So I'm going to start this by asking you a question and since you are the resident mlr stats expert <laughs> in the history of the league how many coaches have been injected for fighting each other in the middle of the pitch
1: you know what you've caught me completely by by surprise here i thought the big oh. news was uh, was michael smith resigning in san diego but um <laughs> well, i mean i don't know how to answer this <laughs>
0: Oh yeah, yeah. That is uh, Michael Smith did did resign, and I am. Um, I mean, if the lead out of all the teams that needed to get better at the uh, the trade and signing deadline, I'm not sure San Diego was one of them. But no, uh, I don't think so. No, Smith's unreal. <laughs> have them back. Anyway, anyway the so- the actual biggest news
1: <laughs> yeah. uh, to answer your question is I'm 99.9 percent sure the answer is zero. I don't think I've ever seen it across any
0: professional rugby that I've seen. Um, I've seen a couple of uh, pro-deux de clips being tossed. Oh yeah, at it now so there's some. A...
1: I've never seen it in the Premiership. I don't think I've ever seen it yeah. in the Championship. Like
0: wild, like a, right. a brawl. Definitely, yeah, definitely one of the uh, the most entertaining clips of the weekend. Um, <laughs> yes whether you think that's good or bad um
1: as as neither a new york fan or a houston fan it's entertaining
0: i was gonna say i i'm not gonna lie i had a a smile on my face watching it it's uh it was yeah um so all right to get anybody up to speed if you haven't heard Mm. uh the houston sabercats were in new york to battle the iron workers and right before the hydration break uh new york earns a penalty at uh at the breakdown sam windsor tries to go quick but cc mahoney um basically bear hugs him and uh prevents him from uh, advancing and yeah, as f- and for that action he is given a yellow card for not being back 10 windsor then s- sets up up uh, puts the ball on the tee slots a conversion that, or it's not a conversion slots a penalty and that puts um that puts the iron workers up 8 nothing going into the hydration break now for everybody watching this game at home we got to watch a couple arctic cooler commercials and then it cut back to like 55 people on the field yeah um, i just which just looked kind of chaotic and then
1: we it got- it, it, it looked like Someone had won the MLR shield, like friends and family, everyone had come on, although, yeah, slightly less celebratory in nature.
0: Everybody was on Ben Bonasso's, like, running around in a suit. I've got um, this, I've like, got
1: a comment here about Ben Bonasso in his lovely shirt running around. Yeah, yeah
0: no, yeah, he looked beautiful. <laughs> yeah, and then he's okay, but either okay, we're getting distracted by Ben Bonasso's attire, but that's fine. Yeah, um, so essentially, what is shown on the video is that. Houston Sabercats coach Pote Human is irate on the sidelines and makes his way onto the pitch where he is then confronted by New York Ironworkers um, performance coach. SNC, yeah. SC, I've seen a couple different titles for his thing being floated around there. Um, but regardless, Ironworkers coach Ollie Richardson. To which they kind of initially they bump into each other. There's maybe a little bit of shoving, and then human has been watching far too much Will Smith or Dana White slap league, and just a bare an open handed slap across the face of Richard. like
1: slow Richard. motion, like winds this thing up <laughs> and yeah. just goes for it.
0: Um, yeah, exactly, and connects on it. And at that time, a couple other. Um, whether well, New York staff or executives come in and try to pull Richardson away, to which Richardson does like a spin move to get away from the referee. I'm pretty yeah, sure that was a referee and like a couple other people trying to restrain him. I think it was Mike Lash, like, genuinely. yeah, uh, one of them was, and then there was someone, there was another person there too, yeah, um, which I'm not sure who it was, but he's he, like, someone
1: in like an MLR shirt, MLR There's... shirt, yeah, yeah, exactly,
0: and he. Spins, runs back at human, and throws like a right hook. That also actually lands, and I was actually kind of impressed with the athleticism of the spin move into the right. Yeah, hand and that had head. that was like a run up. I didn't, I didn't yeah. know it actually connected because it's kind of behind someone like it, else's yeah. head. At but it, it looked like it connected to me. He re, human reacts, so yeah, um, it was a big one. <laughs> yeah, it was like well, he had a running start. It's like a yeah. slow Superman punch. Um the human, Ollie Richardson, come the blows in the middle of the field. Um, the, as you mentioned, well-dressed Ben Bonasso somehow ends up escorting Richardson off the field on uh, one side behind like the tri-zone on one side. Presumably he's, he's out, you know, I don't know why he's out,
1: but he's not playing clearly. He's he's not not kitted up and he's just, you know, everyone's running by now. Like the whole
0: Houston, all 15 Houston players are on there. there. Everyone is on that. All of them are there. Um, and like, I mean, I don't know, like, I don't know how you wouldn't all be there. Um, oh. anyway, all of them are there. Eventually, they get separated. Human and Richardson are both obviously kicked out of the game. Um, and there's some funny clips of Human trying to take his like radio off, which is mm-hmm. just added to some of the uh, the flair of the whole situation.
1: But this is all we know at the, at this time. We are first of all, I'm surprised that the the broadcast actually showed a replay of it and not didn't just go. We've no, had some you... afters.
0: If you if you are the broadcaster, you have to show that. This is probably the most shared MLR clip of the year right now. You would think, yes. Yeah, I mean that's and you can decide if that's good or bad, but it well it, it was like the highest No such thing as bad publicity, yeah, I suppose. Exactly.
1: But the, the I retweeted this clip with a little comment being like, What the actual for-
0: that's the correct reaction though.
1: It's yeah. like, and the video before my retweet had something like 120,000 views last time I checked.
0: Yeah, no, it's, well, like, it was that, it was, I think I checked last night and at one point it was the highest rated like post on the Rugby Union subreddit, like the full. Oh, not even MLR. Union <laughs> one. Um, I've I've been checking back now. There's, uh, the MOR, um, Reddit ha- now has memes of, uh. Almost in like the Will Smith, Chris Rock type style meme of uh, you know, of humans slapping Richardson. So, I mean, actually, this is going to become a thing. Um,
1: yeah, I've just just checked it again. It said one hundred and fifty one thousand
0: views. Yeah. Um, the try of the week was also scored in this game, by the way. And there's no way that clip has any of anywhere. No. The amount of views that this is.
1: And it was oh. quite a good try, actually, with um It was signing Monate Akue, I think that's how you pronounce it, with a beautiful offload in the build-up. But that's no 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 one's talking about that.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was a great try. And um Andrew Cole, because we gotta shout out the Canadians, he scored a try. Basically mm-hmm. the same play as how he scored against Toronto. Um, that extends his try scoring streak to three games now, so that's cool. No one cares because once again, two coaches fought each other in the middle of the field. Um Yeah.
1: So, so what was I saying? I was saying, yeah, I'm surprised they showed the clip, first of all. And then, you know, we're not given any context. We don't know why this happened. We just we just kind of see a clip of the Houston head coach, Pote Human, running on well not running on, you know, walking on screaming at this guy. Yeah. It looks like, you know, I thought the first time I watched it, he's screaming at someone else, and then New York coach is like, hey, come on, calm down, go away. It's actually screaming at that guy, yeah. Yeah. and then he goes for the wind-up slap, and then it all just goes nuclear, like, it's
0: crazy. And we, oh. st- we didn't know why. We're just like, oh, this 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 happened while you were gone. Bye. Yeah, well, like, yeah, that, that's kind of the great, the weird thing, right, is that it's obviously during the hydration break, so like I said, mm-hmm. we, we were looking at some Arctic coolers while this was happening, and like yeah, it cuts back and then they kind of the broadcast shows what happened because you have to, because it's part of the game, and I want to know why two coaches just got kicked out. Um, but they they show it, but like you said, they don't really show what started it, they just show the two mm-hmm. coaches coming together and the fight. Um, I think Doug Coyle on his write up after the game, so DJ Coyle rugby.com. Like cites uh, Grant Cole in his article, and saying that it seems like that um, Richardson may have been, um, talking or maybe y- talking or yelling or somehow engaged with um, the Houston SaberCat players.
1: Like in it, it from from you know various parts pieces of information <laughs> across yeah. the M L R Twitter. It sounds like Richardson was in the Houston huddle.
0: Huddle, yeah, which is, and as
1: soon as I heard that, I was like, okay, so it's kind of Jamie Cudmore Rugby World Cup against France, kind of he's just being something cheeky, and then it went crazy, yeah, or no, they- I don't think so. Like, I've learned some more. I've got someone oh. sent me a, a picture from a Facebook group, um, I think it's like a, like a South African MLR fan group, so oh, so big sk- Houston fans. box
0: guys, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, and there's a comment here from someone called Dean Muir. Oh, um, the uh, the Houston yeah. captain.
0: Yes, yeah. <laughs> so, I, I was going to say I believe I've heard of him.
1: Um, so, um, yeah, this was someone being like, being kind of echoing what you were saying, Derek. About you know, uh, he was he was upset about the yellow card, which is what a lot of people thought. Which you know, I'm not sure how you could be. It was, I'm not. Well, maybe not a yellow card, but it was cynical. It was a penalty. And uh, right. Dean Meur says that it had nothing to do with the yellow card. Their s coach came over to our huddle at the 20-minute water break and tried to use force to remove Heineke, like Heineke Meyer, from the field while he was talking to the team and bringing water on. It was all cleared up. It was all cleared up post-match in the locker room. So there's that, I suppose. So that's the end of it. Well, I don't know whether these two guys saw and was like, that was a bit stupid of us both. We probably... We probably shouldn't have fought each other. We probably shouldn't have done that, yeah. yeah. But it sounds like Heineken Mayer, like the, the director of rugby for Houston,
2: yeah,
1: is, you know, doing Razzie Erasmus things as a water boy. And Ollie Richardson, the SNC coach, maybe had an issue with that. I'm not sure there's anything in the rules to say you can't
0: do that. Yeah. Is there anything? That's, I mean, what's the difference between talking to him directly and using a yeah. radio to tell the guy to somebody else to say something? Yeah.
1: Unless, you know, Unless there's Ollie actual, Richardson. Yeah. I don't know. Ollie Richardson might have thought he was still, uh, Heineke was still suspended.
0: Maybe. Well, that's the other <laughs> thing, right? Houston had a, so Mayor got, uh, Heineke Mayor got suspended a couple of weeks ago for, I guess, what did we determine possibly tampering of some sort? So he gets suspended and then like what two weeks later? Um the yeah. Yeah, two weeks later, uh human gets into a fight. Um that's uh Man, that's a wild, wild times in, for the Houston uh management staff right now.
1: Certainly isn't it? I mean yeah. they're doing okay. They got they got the win, they got a bonus point win. Not that anyone really
0: remembers the yeah, final no, score. no one cares. No one no <laughs> one cares about the rest of this game. Uh it's just yeah, it's wild. I guess right now, so if that's what happened, that's even wilder if he went to like if Richardson went. Because that part's definite that part's definitely not on the broadcast, but you'd have to imagine mm-hmm. that there is film of that somewhere. You um, would have to imagine that, yeah. yeah.
1: And no no, this is um, I will say, this is Dean Muir. It might not even be the Dean Muir, I think it is, <laughs> saying you know, he's Houston's captain. He might be a little bit biased, but this he is my be. best yeah, explanation be. I have as to what exactly started things. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand why this New York coach would ru- would walk over to the Houston huddle Houston. Yeah. and start
0: pushing their one of their staff around at all. Yeah, see that that doesn't make it, yeah that yeah like see if that happens, I get why human would be upset um yes but
2: then
1: if that is the case out of context the the clip we've we've seen the
0: clip is just like oh man two coaches were pissed and they just it makes it makes human look
1: look worse in my opinion like he he looks like yeah he 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 looks like he starts the physical side of things even if you know the rumors are all that the new york guy started the entire thing
0: it's (laughs) <laughs> who knows <laughs> it's weird though because it's like there's no like i feel like everything that has kind of come out about what may have started it seems to be from the SaberCat perspective but there's it, hasn't it, really been like a like a new york that's true and i'm not sure well out there at least nothing that i have seen at this point in time to um, be honest if this is correct i'm not sure new york would want to no but that's what i mean right like it seems like Houston, like players, don't usually comment on Facebook stuff. Or no, no. I feel
1: like the the M L R is made possibly a bit new, unique in that because it's still kind of small, small
0: fry. Yeah, but you, but, but even even in that though, like players don't usually, especially if it's going to be like, hey, like guys are, I mean, they're going to be suspended. You have to suspend them. Um, so it's like there's obviously going to be some like discipline and stuff, but it seems like. Um, it's even like um, Doug Coyle's article, it's like it's presenting it from the, like it's from the SaberCat point of view. Yeah, um, I
1: think I think they they've they've kind of grabbed yeah, the the narrative here. Yeah, but, they seem um, to be
0: like really pushing like, hey, like Richardson started this, right? Um, like, does that mean like they should have like it's does that necessarily mean that they they should have fought in the middle of the field? Probably no. <laughs> Probably not. I think, yeah. So like, it seems. It yeah. seems like
1: you know a lot in a lot of cases. I can see why the team wouldn't comment. It'd be like, listen, there's ongoing investigation, kind of thing. We'll see what well, happens.
0: That's what the but, MLR's statement basically said?
1: Yeah. So we we have. What are we recording on Monday night? And we have had a, a statement from M L R saying, you know, they are aware of an incident. I don't know how they couldn't be, <laughs> yeah. and they are investigating. Like it's yeah. aware of an incident. It's probably the most watched MLR
0: clip ever. <laughs> exactly. And I mean, um, beware, like aware of it an, and see that the way they worded that, though, because it's like if that to me suggests that they're really looking into like what the broadcast didn't show um, mm-hmm. to try to figure out. Yeah. what actually set that off Um, because the broadcast doesn't really show what set it off. We just get the fun part. Um, although I'm sure the uh, I'm sure what actually started that that probably would be quite interesting as well.
1: It does quite in the the MLR's comment um, or statement does say an incident that took place on the sideline,
0: which it wasn't. Um, yeah, I wonder. Well, I mean, I I wonder if I'm sure. I feel like on the sideline is just referring to this wasn't mm-hmm. players. Yeah, yeah, I think you're probably right. I'm just reading into that a bit too much, but it, um, you
1: know, it says. Upon completion of the investigation, the league will take any necessary action in line with our competition and behaviour regulations. Basically, yeah. you know, yeah, stick yeah, with so- us, bear with us. You know, well, I do I commend. Think- I do. I was saying, um, I feel like in the past we wouldn't have got a statement like that. No, you know, no yeah. In the, the you know the Gilly situation where everyone was speculating for months and we never got any statement. They've actually issued a statement saying, "Hey, we're looking into it. Yeah. they with us," and I think that's that is a step in the right direction. To credit the league, yeah, because well, I, I mean, it,
0: <laughs> what are they going to do? Of course, <laughs> yeah. Well, like I think that's kind of the interesting thing too, because like you obviously, regardless of if you think this is entertaining or fun or not, and I mean, it's going to be, um, it's like. You know, there there's it seems to be various reactions of people thinking it's like kind of funny or fun in a way, or um, but then others that just think it's embarrassing for the league to see two coaches doing this. Um, but regardless of what your kind of your stance on that is, is um human beings kind of like watching people fight for some reason. Um, so it's gonna there's be some a huge kind new... of caveman in us. Yeah, exactly. So it's gonna be a very widely shared clip. Um but at the same time, I think from the leak statement, it's just like, you know, once all the dust kind of settles on the right at the you got to figure out how to punish two coaches that just fought each other. um, Right. Which is because even if you're kind of like, oh, like if you want to like, as you said, James, use that argument of like, like there's no such thing as bad publicity. Right. And. Um, yeah, and I mean,
1: I've right? I've, I've no. seen this was talked about on like a New Zealand rugby show. I've seen it. The rugby yeah. guy on
0: Instagram was Twitter, he picked up on it. Um, Especially, in, yeah, in the rugby community, this is getting shared everywhere. I'm not sure if it's mm-hmm. up by like general sports stuff, to be honest. But like nobody's sharing clips of the tries, though, is kind of my point. It's one of those.
1: No, it, it is
0: detracting from
1: the, the yeah. quality of, of rugby that we, that we, yeah. we get but, to enjoy. Like, to,
0: to circle back to the point, though, it's like I think – the league kind of put out that statement, but it's also like, like this is probably the first real like incident in a game in, what are we in year six of the league, like Mm -hmm. incident in a game where you're going to have to suspend coaches for like, or you're going to have to suspend any participant for something that's not just like, you know, maybe, maybe against the laws, but generally accepted as part of a rugby game like an illegal hit or you know like an like illegal like a a
1: lot of the red cars we've had is like you know except like it's you know i i messed up i
0: yeah exactly and there's no
1: there's not really any bad blood between the players yeah like like not like this the closest i can think of is when lucas rumble got punched last year by Fanana Schultz,
0: and that wasn't even caught. That was a sighting after the game. After the game, yeah. And, like, I think Quatrid and Keith kind of reacted to that, like, on the pitch. Yeah, and that's fairly kind of... It just happened after. His
1: handbags as part of a game, like, as a... Yeah,
0: but that's the thing. It's, like, even if, uh, like, I mean, punches can get thrown between the players, but I guess, like, the, the wrench in this is that the two coaches... Two coaches came off the sidelines during a water break mm-hmm. fought each other in the middle of the field. Right. So, so there's
1: there's two elements of well it
0: wasn't during a game. Yeah. It was they, a pause and it wasn't players. And <laughs> it's not players. Players are the ones that broke it up. Actually it's yeah. Mahoney who's supposed to be in the sin bin is the guy that broke it up. You're
1: absolutely um, right. Yeah. This is even a <laughs> you know rumored here. to start the thing, but not yeah. at all. No. It's um
0: so yeah. yeah and then so you have that but it's like I think right now like the league has to figure out For really the first time, how you're going to, like, is as you said, like the Gilchrist thing, that's something that happened behind closed doors. Mm -hmm. This might be, I can't remember anything else, so this might be the first real, like, off, I guess we'll use their terminology, sideline incident, out out, out of the context of a game, or Mm -hmm. a normal context of a game, incident that everybody saw, and the league has to figure out a punishment for so it'll be, yeah. it, I, uh, I mean, by the time this episode is out, perhaps we know the answer to this question. But I don't know. I think it'll be very interesting to see what the actual punishment mm-hmm. for both human and Richardson is, or even if there's further punishments like fines or anything um, dealt to the Saber Cats or Ironworkers. Yeah, I've people.
1: seen like point deduction penalties, and I don't think it's going to go that far. But point deductions a little. We'll fun. see. Yeah, point point um, a little far. But yeah, like silly they set a precedent a couple of weeks ago of suspending coaches, coaching staff, and that kind of thing.
0: With the SaberCats again. With, with the
1: SaberCats, kind of coincidentally.
0: Yeah.
1: That was something I hadn't heard anything about. or something we didn't see until it came up on the disciplinary wire.
0: Yeah, because you. Have this to is explain something. Explain why the GM's not. There. Yeah, yeah. This is something everybody saw. <laughs> so yeah, we we will see. Man, I kind of wish the SaberCats played the Ironworkers again, <laughs> just oh, for, well, that would be that just would for be the good. drama. Just yeah, um, that
1: would yeah. be good. Yeah,
0: yeah, just for the drama of it. Um, I I suppose that's maybe a M.O.R. final. I guess they could they could do that again, but um, yeah. Like I don't I don't know. Sometimes sometimes sports can be a a little bit more fun with with some hate. So I don't. I don't necessarily hate that the, uh, that the coaches fought each other. I don't think that – I'm not in the camp that thinks it's necessarily like, embarrassing for the league because no, no. Fights, fights, fights happen in every sports, even even coaches mm-hmm. kind of get into it sometimes, maybe not throwing punches. That's a little bit more rare, but – um, uh, It adds something it to happens. the it's, – Yeah. It's, uh, it, it's a narrative
1: and a, 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 a chapter in the rivalry
0: that, that I didn't think existed. Exactly. Between New York and Houston. See, but that's that's kind of the thing, though. It's like I kind of feel like like we're in year six of the league. And I mean, I don't like I don't really. Is there like a really, truly great rivalry in the league right now? That's like Seattle, San Diego, I think. Yeah. But Seattle, San Diego, like to do you feel like those two teams like really hate each other or do they just happen to both be good and play in the playoffs? Like, is, has I suppose really... not. I mean, the fans. I think. I
1: think the, the rivalry is strong among the fans, but there's. Yeah. I don't think there's the. But I think like New York
0: and New England kind of have the fans hate each other thing. Yeah, right? but because that's that's not not hate. necessarily because. But of I don't the think the players. Teams, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know if that's there with the players, and I don't think. I think like a lot of the like. I don't like to me like because I'm uh like I don't know like I grew up loving hockey. And to me, like, the epitome of rivalry is the Detroit Red Wings and Colorado Avalanche in the late 90s, early 2000s, in which they were the two best teams in the Western Conference, and every game that they played would be like 6-5 and have fourteen fights, <laughs> right? And it was like that's mo- thirteen more than the than this rugby game. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, and watching those games, like you got the sense that it was like, like there's actual hate, like mm-hmm. you know, you know what I mean. And uh, like, I'm not sure if even with like San Diego and Seattle might is probably the closest answer to this question, but I'm not even sure if there's like like passionate hate. Yeah I think there might be more more kind of respect
1: and that might only be yeah. among the guys that were actually you know that were there in 2018 2019 for the yeah um or not 2019 especially for the final um I think it's just kind of reminded me of more of rivalries to do with rugby on the international stage is like le crunch or yeah. the, the Calcutta cup uh, yeah. or anyone against England
0: yeah I think the thing is is it's like um a lot of us so i'll go back to like the detroit colorado thing um mm. it's like i think sometimes we try to force rivalries a little bit based on like geography or something like being like um you know like 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 whatever like dallas versus houston or something right because of the mm-hmm. teams in texas um even though like their games don't necessarily always seem super heated Look,
1: sorry that being said i think the yeah sorry to interrupt the the MLR was trying, like, a Texas Cup thing, and I think the rivalry between Houston and Austin was getting there. Austin was good, yeah. It was getting there. Uh, Unfortunately, we don't have that anymore, but maybe one day.
0: I think, like, in a way, too, Like I think, like, for Toronto, like, I think we tried, like, Toronto-Seattle, just because there's a lot of Canadians and stuff. Yeah, I think we were kind of looking at, like, maybe Toronto-New England this year again, because of the Canadian thing, but then the first game ended up being an absolute blowout. Right? And like, but I think like the thing is like sometimes it's like you try to force them like based on geography or based on unrelated sports history, like say like mm-hmm. Atlanta Nola or like um because Atlanta Nola is not a rivalry. Like that it's literally like what eight nothing in favor of Atlanta right now. Um Yeah, yeah, it's very well done Yeah. Um that's one that's one team kicking the other team's ass. Um mm-hmm. but I think like the thing was like with like you try to force it, but I think like good rivalries have like an incident that sparks it, right? Which for like Detroit Colorado it was Chris Draper, or it was uh, Chris Draper being hit by Claude Lemieux into the boards, uh, which broke his jaw. Um, before Colorado went on to win their first Stanley Cup, and it's like two teams that the year before were in different conferences because, oh, because oh, uh, Colorado, Colorado moved from... from Quebec. Yeah, the year before they were from, so it's not like they were familiar with each other. In that year, it's just it took one hit for the right? And then there was a couple brawls the next year, and they traded Stanley Cups and Western Conference titles for the next. Well,
1: years. on the subject of one hit, it might have
0: done that here exactly. That's but that's what I mean, though. It's like this is the first, I'm like, oh, like, like I'm not saying that, like, sometimes, like, you need something to happen to kind of ignite it, and it's weird because, like, obviously, they're in different conferences, so they're not mm-hmm. going to be. Playing each other again this year unless it's in the MLR final um, but I'm kind of like if I if, they, if this was two eastern conference teams or two western conference teams I would immediately be like when's the next time they play
1: absolutely yeah I'd circle that on my
0: calendar being like that is a must watch Um, even though like the rest of this game wasn't overly heated either but it's like well that's because the the incident wasn't among the players (laughs) yeah exactly which is all maybe that's also part of it but like i don't know i think the league in a way the league could use a little bit more hate is all i'm kind of trying to say (laughs) um we, we could yeah we could stand to hate each other a little bit more i will say congratulations to houston for
1: beating new york for the first time ever yeah
0: I was like, well, is yeah, exactly. Is, no one cares, James. <laughs> there was a coach. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, the, the coaches fought. Oh the only the only we need to do the uh hockeyfights.com puts up the polls as to like who won a fight or whatever. Oh was, yeah. That's, that's what we need to do with this one is like we can like let people decide who won um between mm. Human and Richardson here. But that that being said though, um as much as i i weirdly kind of enjoyed it it's funny to me i Um, did too i don't i don't think
1: there's obviously professionalism's out the door there but as a fan i love it as a fan i love it
0: if rug if mlr had like a a drive to survive documentary this would be the episode i'm looking forward to Mm. um yeah i don't know how we couldn't start the show without talking about Um, pote human versus ollie richardson adding to the great legacy that is new york state held fights Um, (laughs) so uh but i think i think unless you have anything else to add to it um we can maybe move on to what typically i don't think so okay so oh i don't know how you transition from coaches yeah everything apparently
1: apparently there was some
0: rugby played yeah apparently there's actual (laughs) rugby games um, to be talked about, so the Toronto Arrows welcomed the Seattle Seawolves to York Lions Stadium. It was a bit of an overcast day, a little chilly. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, I think the big question going into this game was essentially just going to be what's the response from the Arrows going to be like? Um, after being on the wrong end of the most lopsided loss in MLR history. So, and to be honest, I think the response was actually pretty good. Um I think you like I know I the, agree. the end result the end result is that Seattle wins 36-27, but to kind of get there, I think the, I given especially given what happened last week, I think you can be there's definitely a lot more positives to take away from it. Um, so the Arrows actually um, thanks to two incredible tries from Ross Brody um actually, who I said
1: uh, last week was an absolute is, he's, he's, he's an absolute stud
0: this Creole. year he's fantastic it's so good this year um but yeah so two tries from Ross Brody um helped kind of cancel out a really hot start from Seattle Ioso mm-hmm. scored in like the first three minutes after a great break from key um from Creole and the arrows took a 20 to 14 lead in the halftime on the one of the best teams in the Western conference, which yes. Yeah. I
1: think they, they scored the second Brody try was just before halftime. I think they were, Mm -hmm. they were, they were 14, 13 down and then scored Brody try under the posts for the automatic seven. Yeah. Off of uh... lovely
0: Mitch trademark, Mitch, ed just pick up the ball Mm -hmm. and nobody's, nobody's guarding the side of rocks
1: he did that probably. a few times in this game
0: and I kind of he's done that all year like I don't know
1: it highlights how how yeah. how much the arrows how how much better the arrows are with him in the lineup I know he's missed a couple from does. from injuries it, it, does. But... it
0: also highlights how much other MLR teams should maybe watch a little bit more film because he keeps doing this yeah, well maybe yeah. <laughs> um or don't
2: or fine or if they they
0: don't. Doing it. yeah exactly I don't know what I'm saying I need to delete that part of the episode um <laughs> But, yeah, so that's – obviously, that was a great play. That second half, too, also kind of ended because the um, Arrows had a great goal line stand um, for that right before it, that Brody try. So that was what felt like going into halftime, a pretty big, like, momentum swing. Yeah, and, you know, I can't even remember if this was in the – I
1: think this was in the first half as well. The Sean Bowen was pretty much in. He'd gone 99% of the way in for a try
0: that was in the first half yeah and
1: was- and i think it was james malcolm made yeah. a great little stop to just dislodge the ball from his hand in oh, the last yeah. minute Unreal no time. that goes down that goes you know the ball goes down 27 14 at half time or 25 14 at half time that's game game of interest. well that that would have been two two points in the standings for toronto yeah. I wanna just put that out there?
0: That's that's painful. <laughs> I know, yeah. That's that's yeah, I mean there was a couple uh couple, had a couple try saving tackles too. So that's true. That's maybe, true. Uh, maybe it could have been a little I guess it depends on uh, how you want to look at that. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately though, despite you know that goal line stand, Brody's second try, um Seattle comes out of the gate in the second half and Reichert Hadding scores a try and it kind of shifts the momentum back to Seattle hadding mm-hmm. uh, would later get another try and then of oh, because of course it happens in <laughs> Toronto and this might be my Leaf fan thing creeping through because yeah I have watched far too many years of Leafs hockey where the guy from Toronto will score the guy um the former Leaf will score the player from you know, the from Toronto or Southern Ontario is going to score.
1: The guy and- who played three games for the Leafs and wasn't particularly great will come in and have a hat trick for whoever
2: yeah, he's playing exactly. for now. Like,
0: the- cursed. Yeah. Cursed. Yeah. The only thing that was missing really when I saw Ronan Foley um, who was the Arrows MVP last year Come in and his second game of the year. Nice to have him back from his injury, but it's his second game of the year.
1: Yeah, of course, he he hurt his arm in the the season
0: opener for Seattle nine, ten weeks ago and back for this. And he puts the final nail in the coffin. At the very least, at least the guy that cuts the grass at York Lions Stadium didn't suit up for Seattle and score a try, too. So the (laughs) Arabs will have bad beliefs. Um, I don't even know if you have to cut the grass. It's turf. I guess you don't, you know, probably don't even cut that guy that paints the it. lines.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. Thank you. I have no <laughs> other analogy to go with. Um, so, either way, so there's um, that's kind of the scoring. Um, Alatimu added four conversions and a penalty. O'Leary added a conversion and two penalties um the arrows of the arrows to their credit kept battling through this game and actually ended up with a penalty try at the end of the game right at the death
1: which which also resulted in a, a yellow card for seattle which is a bit of a well it's, what are you gonna it, do with it, the yellow it, card? At the it the was game? it was the it was full time which is a yeah. bit of a
0: shame you know a couple of minutes there get a restart in never know but
1: there's yeah, yeah, the
0: breaks a couple seconds later all right so that's i guess a bit of the uh the quick rundown on the game james any uh any more detailed thoughts on uh, the Arrows' thirty six twenty seven loss to the Seattle Seawolves? Yeah, well, you
1: know, the, 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 uh, a phrase I've heard a couple of times uh, when talking about Toronto's performance is um, even a dead cat bounces back. And I think that <laughs> yeah, it's something I've never heard before and I love it. <laughs> uh, and I think that does apply. Um, yeah. It was a much better performance against, you know, a team that was undefeated two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Um, they are, you know, one of the monsters of the Western Conference. And we went toe to toe with them for, well, for pretty much a full 80 minutes, I think. Um, yeah. There was Toronto scored their 200th try ever. They were on oh. 199 going into this game, or 198, I think. So one, either one of the Brody tries was their 200th.
0: At, at the very least, for you there, it's like either way you can be like Ross. Brody got the two hundredth try, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
1: on on a on a on a less positive note, they are now at an all-time negative points difference. Um, hmm. Which you know they went into this season having about something like one hundred and eighty-five plus. So they're at minus yeah. six now. Yeah. We will see.
0: Um, I mean, in a weird way, I feel like that kind of tracks, though, considering they've missed the playoffs in 2021-22 and are now
1: yeah 2021 was it was a big dent in it 2022 was okay they actually they actually finished positive uh 8-8 eight eight record but positive uh, points difference but now they are on their their longest ever losing streak of 6 games um yeah. and it's the joint longest of 2023 with the, the Dallas Jackals who Toronto lost to to end there <laughs> Certainly. They're uh, their losing streak, although their they're losing streak is a bit more because it goes back to last year. But <laughs> it is still a much better performance from the Arrows. I'm not yeah. maybe it's because it's following last week. I'm not particularly disheartened by that. Yeah. Um you know they've taken New York right to the edge, they've taken Seattle right to the edge. Um they have scored 27 points in three games now. Um it yeah. would be nice if we could pick up a few more try bonus points or or losing bonus points but you know scoring with you know some kind of consistency is yeah is a positive it didn't feel to me like they were blowing as many chances in the 22 as you know previous weeks i don't know if that's because they
0: didn't get also, to the 22 as much yeah, that's, they, they definitely didn't like as you said, they definitely didn't blow a lot of chances in the twenty. Yeah, but again, ball,
1: kind of like, ball retention,
0: ball in hand seemed
1: much sturdier. It sturdier. seemed much, I think, better.
0: I think the other end of that argument, though, if saying like they didn't blow a lot of chances in the twenty-two, is I'm not sure how many chances they really had in the twenty-two. Yeah, and I think yeah. this is also something we talked about last week, where if you look at the two Brody tries, they're long-range tries.
1: So right. again, like so, like like I was joking last week, the errors are yeah. deadliest from inside their own
0: half. They, they, <laughs> they, are. They like even going back to the first try of the year, they scored against Atlanta, which was a scrum in their own half that O'Leary, um, kicked over yeah. the top. Richard, uh, yeah, yeah for a great finish from no, Richardson, yeah. regathered and then Richardson finished it. Um, but yeah, that was like a sixty-meter tryout. Um, Ross Brody scored hit both of his tries or obviously that, uh, that one, he kind of had the chip kick over, um, mm-hmm. gathered himself, um, kind of with the race with the Seattle defender there. And it kind of bounced a little bit, but he was able to crown. It
1: it does seem like they are, they thrive in open broken play. Like they, they don't yeah. seem to kind of, kind of convert a lot when it's, you know, within five meters, within 10 meters, can I just pick and goes, um, I'm not sure if there's anything in that or not.
0: Yeah, because I think this penalty try is—I mean, I know it technically does won't go down as this, but this is like what the second lineout mall that they've pushed over for a try all year. Yeah, there's not been I many. Not the other one.
1: And to be fair, I will say it today: the the uh, the set piece, the line-out, Looked far better than it has in a in yeah. a few weeks, which might you know give them the confidence to try I a set piece. Uh, sorry, a rolling ball, because they were... they attempted it against Dallas for the
0: yeah, win, and I that cost were... them. Sorry, I think they were also contesting. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot more too, and I wonder if that's like I think because like Shea Carey was going up a lot, and so was Mason Flash. But I feel like, um, I think Wadden actually also had a, like a out steal. Like I think it's this. Maybe like obviously like the injuries are causing guys to get like shuffled around. And I mean a guy like Corey Thomas has been out of the lineup for a significant for amount for a while, of yeah. Here. Um and uh um Micah Micaiah Torrance Reed, obviously too. Right. So I think like I think like having Shea Carey back now, having Shea Carey in the lineup, I think is adding just a little bit of an extra an extra option for them. Um, which is maybe helping in that regard a little bit, yeah. I think maybe
1: he's he's kind of selling because it was he was playing last week, but you know, he, he he just arrived. I'm not
0: sure he kind of had got up to speed, as it were, but it is, I do think, interesting to kind of look at that. Like most of because I think even that one play that Bowen nearly scored on was kind of a broken play, too. It was, it was, and, and... that was set up by Brody again, again. <laughs> brody's been he's everywhere this like, year like as much as it's as much as the arrows have maybe um struggled like brody's performance has been
1: incredible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, the combo of, of yeah. brody and malcolm yeah. when healthy unbelievable brody obviously was was, yeah. was out for a lot of last year we were down to you know the commentary man was uh, was scrum half for us for a bit yeah. because we were so loot so um, shallow in that position. We had four injuries to scrum halves, but um, that combo when they're clicking, they are they are superb. It's just Malcolm's been out for a couple of weeks and Brody's had to do
0: it himself, and he has. <laughs> yeah, he yeah he's been doing very well too because like yeah he's he's doing a good job of just like facilitating. Like facilitating the attack, getting the ball kind of where it needs to go. And spotting can, gaps. Yeah, spotting Excellent. gaps. His kicking has been really good. Mm-hmm.
1: Um he too. was trying a lot of that uh, this with this week, little kind of dinks over the top and everything. Not even, you yeah. know, not even just his usual usual kind of box kicking. He was lots of kind of stabs yeah. through, which that's
0: I think weird. we haven't seen in a while. The arrows have been having success with those like little kicks over the top yeah. though, right? Like that's yeah. not Um, We mentioned that Richardson try against Atlanta. One of Bowen's try in his hat-trick game was a chip over the top. Obviously, Brody had one here, too. Um, And It's like for for a team that doesn't score a lot of tries, they seem to get a lot of tries by, instead of going through a defense, going over them.
1: If it works, why would you you stop?
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It worked again today. Yeah, it did. It did work again today. Not today, not today. Right. Sunday. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, uh, we we all I knew what you meant. I knew what you meant. It's the time zones. It's today somewhere. Yeah. Um, or yesterday <laughs> somewhere, however that works. Um but yeah, like I, I I think another player to me too that I think has been um the more I watch him, the more I'm kind of just like he might be one of the most underrated players in the league is Fabian Goodall. Um
1: yeah, so he so
0: there was a bit of a t- uh, juggling
1: the the starting lineup. Uh, Goodall, Goodall was on the bench initially when they released the lineup, but it's it he, Goodall started at centre, and uh, I think Noel Reed, uh didn't play in the end. So Goodall was in on from the start with the um, the MLR's best selling jersey. <laughs> and you're right, yeah, he's it's something that. Um, I've commented to a few people on is the, the center combination, like, like I was saying with Brody and Malcolm, the center combination of Goodall and Tassie when he's fit yeah, is a problem. Yeah. And Goodall is just such a strong runner, like unbelievable for on, on the crash ball. He's decent in defense. Like he's really, really stepping up. I know he's, he's also missed some time because he hasn't on this team, um, but it, it's, it's, it's noticeable when he's in the lineup
0: yeah for sure like i think when he gets the ball in hand he's making ground he's like running <clears> over <throat> guys breaking tackles um in defense he looks like like there is like a uh, there's a play in the game where um while the arrows while kobe faust was in the bin the arrows were defending that yellow card where he was kind of covering the outside center and the winger at the same time um and there's a couple plays where he has to like shift across the field and he runs like such a solid like defensive line to shift across that he actually like gets to the winger to shut down the play, um and like the amount of ground that he has to cover to just to make this mm-hmm. play is impressive, um and he, he's been making like a handful of plays like that and I think it it's also one of those things too where I think watching this game, um. I think especially given um, the stats that the arrows posted to um, that Mitch Richardson um, led the team in tackles. He did, yeah. Um, is like Seattle was attacking that center channel like the whole game. And they ultimately kind of, they ultimately did break through on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple, like a couple of times, um, but like I think, like both Richardson and Goodall probably, like, I think, kind of handled themselves pretty well. It wasn't the the dam didn't burst at any point like it did last week.
2: Yeah, you know
1: there was there was a what was it maybe a ten minute passage in the second half where they um they kind of the momentum shifted and went to Seattle and Hat- Hatting got his got his brace, but um, apart from that, it wasn't was not like that. They, they held firm for the most part.
0: Yeah, um, uh, yeah, I, I think, I think they did, and it's like it's, you know, it's it's kind of an unusual stat to see Mitch Richardson so high mm-hmm. up on tackles, but like, they kind of, he kind of had to do it because they kept attacking there, but, um, and I think Goodall's also like, especially during that ten minute stretch where they had to defend, um, with, uh, down down the fullback in Kobe Faust or whatever. And they, I think they, that was all, probably one of the best stretches of the entire game for the arrows, not conceding a single point while, while they were down a player. And then ultimately also having the ball in Seattle's half too. So I yeah. mean, I think, I think ultimately it's again, one of those games where, um, which it feels a lot better than last week. so it kind of feels a little bit closer to New York and maybe Maybe not in some of the games that we were talking about last week, like the Atlanta game or the Dallas game. I'm not sure if you can look at this and be like, ah, like you should have won it. Um, maybe you can because you're leading at halftime. I think um, you could have, you could have won it,
1: but not really yeah. should have. Not not like yeah, you know, like the opportunity
0: like may have been there, but like yeah, like it. It doesn't necessarily feel like the Dallas game where you're like, man, you just have to connect on one, you just have to connect on one line out and you win this game. Um, kind of, yeah, yeah. It it's not like that. that.
1: It's 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 not it's not a gimme. Like or, you said, it's not a gimme. It's not like that. It's, it was competitive, and they were in it.
0: Yeah, or even the they
1: they were in it, and it could have gone
0: where it's like if you show up for the first sixty-five minutes, you could have won this game. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Uh but ultimately, I think like it. This one, this loss, um, following up the game against the Free Jacks, I think ultimately it kind of does feel a little bit better. Um, I think the arrows can kind of be. Despite, um, losing the game, can kind of can be happy with the way that they bounce back, and I think part of it too is I think, um, and this happened in the Free Jacks game as well, but I think they, I think they can be proud of the fact that they're like they're com despite maybe some lopsided scores, they're still like competing for eighty minutes. Um, mm-hmm. last week against the Free Jacks, they, um, they got down in the Free Jacks. Territory. I think the game ended with a Mitch Richardson knock on, um, but this time they were able to cash in on their late scoring opportunity, and ultimately, like Seattle pulled too far away to make that worth a bonus point or anything. Um, but like, I think that seems like a bit of a positive way to at least end the game, and hopefully, that can create some momentum.
1: Yeah, it, it did seem like they had a, they had a more a more robust game plan uh, for this one. It it held up past the first five minutes, unlike last week. You know, Shane O'Leary was great from the tee, which is worth mentioning as well. Um, You know, the opportunities had were relatively straight, but from fairly long distance. And he, I think he went two for two, two for three. Um, So I think that's worth mentioning too. In previous games, they would have gone for the corner on those kicks. And I think they recognized that, you know, it's Seattle. Yeah. They, they go to famously, they've got the seawall defense. Like we should just take these points. And, um, they did.
0: Well, I think even, um, the other side of that too, is like Seattle attempting a couple penalties at certain points of the game to showing show. at least maybe a little bit of respect for, uh, the arrows defense, um, or at yeah. least how they were playing. <laughs> um, I mean, uh, Alatimu missed one, which looked like it may have been a bit of a costly miss, but then ended up not being that. Um, But like, there was Seattle, I think, in where they chose to go for points instead of kicking in the corner, kind of showed a little bit of like, oh, like we need to keep the scoreboard ticking over too, Mm because they had they had they had a
1: rolling mall as well, which was just absolutely textbook. It was like you can't,
0: yeah, can't do anything about that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly and yet they still opted for uh, to kick a goal a couple times. Um mm-hmm. I know it feels a little bit better like you said though maybe maybe it's just because of the game they're coming off of maybe it's a little expectation adjustment or something but um I don't know the the vibes after the game seem to be uh seem to be a little bit higher amongst the team anyways.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think they will be they will be better the the vibes I mean they will be better again this week. Yeah, you know they, they they know they can do this, and we were saying last week we know they can do this. They've shown it earlier in the season.
0: Yeah, and I mean, yeah, they they got to play Nolan next week, who is one of the um, copious Boogeyman. amounts of four and five teams in the Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, and it, it, nine it, it, games it. into the season, one team above five hundred. Wait a, yeah, to, yeah. Go it's Eastern Conference. Monsters um, in the West over there. Yeah, but.
1: That, yeah. Again, that's something you said talking about Jekyll and Hyde teams last week. Oh, man. it's there. It, it depends, depending which you know. If the arrows get out and start strong, yeah, Nola could capitulate like Toronto did last week.
0: We never know. <laughs> yeah, like I think I think, but I think ultimately too, it's like that's our. Like I kind of liked our Jekyll and Hyde talk last week based on Rumble's <laughs> comments post Free Jacks game. Um, and even uh Rumble didn't necessarily say that again this week, but he kind of alluded to the fact that the game slipped away from them in the uh the final 20 minutes there um and it's still it's again one of those things where it's like um they you maybe need to put in like the full 80 minute effort too or not effort but like the full 80 minute performance because like, there's stretches of this game where the team looks really good and then they turn back into Jekyll and mm-hmm. or they yeah they turn back into Jekyll and then Seattle scores a couple tries and pulls away at the end of the game and you know so but they like, do come back again they, I and think... then they come back and it's 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 weird it's like um they they play great in like patches and then kind of fade back away um and then yeah so it's like they need to put together a full game as, I guess, as Hyde. You probably want them to be the monster part of this, right? So,
1: um, Yeah, well, I guess it depends. The monster yeah. to the fans is is not great. But yeah, you want them to scare the shit out of people.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? So I, I think overall, like, given where they are in the season, I don't know. I, I feel like, I've, I feel much better this week than I did last week, despite the fact that they still lost.
1: Yeah, no, so do I. Um, like, I felt much better after uh, the New York game, despite them still
0: lost. Yeah, yeah. After Chicago game, I was ecstatic. <laughs> that's because they won. Yeah, me too. Uh, you know what, though, we we can talk about an Arrow's team that did win.
1: Yeah, we could. Wanna,
0: yeah, if you want to transition to that. So for the second week in a row, um, the Arrows Senior Academy, A.K.A. Top Gun or unofficially known as Top Gun, because that's what we've decided on LaRouge Rugby that we're going to call the Arrows Academy. Whether that's a sanctioned term by Bill Webb or not, it doesn't really matter. Um, So Top Gun battled the Atlantic Selects in a little Coast to Coast Cup tune-up game. Mm -hmm. And it was a pretty entertaining game. Um, Once again, um, you know, last week against Quebec, very entertaining. This one... Um, entertaining for a bit of different reasons. A couple more highlight reel type tries in this one, a little bit yep. a little fancier. Um, so it's quick, I'll give you a, everybody the quick rundown, and then we can break down this game. Um, the academy got off to a roaring start. They went up twelve nothing early, thanks to tries from Kevin O and Ethan Voss Camp the atlantic selects though would respond would respond before the halftime break as sam miller and thomas gets both crossed the line and with that combined with uh, jimmy clark being perfect off the tee gave the atlantic selects a 14-12 lead at halftime gets then extended that lead with his second try of the game to go up 21-12 and at this point, the Arrow Academy maybe kind of took over the game, um, starting with Rion White, who had his first of two insane runs, highlight reel tries. just Shrugging them off. Yeah, like you need – apparently you need to send like four or five guys to tackle this dude. And um, like because one-on-one just making, making guys on the Atlantic Selects look very goofy. Um, like weaved his way through that scampered in for like about a, I don't know, it was over a 50 meter try. And so that was unreal. The arrows then followed that up with a try from Jeff young, Rion white with his second highlight reel try on the other wing on the other (laughs) wing. Yeah. Just again, I don't know. I don't think there is a single player on the Atlantic selects that Rion white did not step in this game. Yeah. Yeah. That and it yeah, was... no, I don't think so because they were all they were we watched him go through the whole team. Yeah. Um, it was like watching Bo Jackson in Tech Mobile. It's just like <laughs> yeah, it um, was, it was yeah, it was it was wild. It was it was an
1: excellent performance.
0: Yeah. Um, and then Caleb Hickey and Evan Waugh um capped off the game with a couple other tries. James Webb had six conversions, he was six for seven on the day. Um, From the Atlantic Select side, Jimmy Clark, he added another penalty. Um, So he was three for three on conversions, one for one on the penalty. Um, During the game, there was a yellow card to Sif Sanad, um, which is when Jeff Young scored his try. So the arrows were able to capitalize on that. The only other thing that I have to really shout out in my um, just the little breakdown of what happened in this game is... Um, prior to the game, the Atlantic selects did not um, release a roster that included player numbers. So I was, as I was watching the game, when I was tweeting about it, I was just, um, you know, I was just writing number seventeen scored a try instead of Sam Miller scored a try. Um, so I reached out to the Atlantic selects to just um, before we recorded this podcast to just get the numbers associated with everybody um, because I mean these guys work hard and they deserve to be shouted out for their uh their hard work and you know so uh, especially the try scores in this game and i got this list and the list is a fairly normal looking list it's player number first name last name right so number one was alex Forrest. he was also the captain and it follows that same formula all the way down to number 18 um which is just says big red and that is (laughs) so big red was number 18 and big red, the reserve prop had an interception that ultimately resulted in Jimmy Clark being able to take a penalty. Um, So yes, he he did. So big red, um, shout out to big red, getting a, you know, big turnover, getting some points on the board. Everybody else has their real name, except number 18 is big red. So I feel like I have his name. Sorry that Could is his name it's probably his legal name his legal name the, uh, there's a long standing long standing rugby tradition in the uh in the in the red family um and big is uh the latest the latest product out of that and um so you know brilliant brilliant intercept try and it
1: was uh, it was a very good very good intercept try not
0: an intercept try but it was a very good intercept very good intercept, intercept yeah ultimately ended in a penalty so shout out big red and the uh, atlantic selects and um also all the arrows rayon white i think was probably the star of this one but um any thoughts james
1: no i don't think so it was much it was like again it was an entertaining game i'm glad i um i trekked up to to york university early to check it out i did arrive just before (laughs) halftime missed the first half where it seemed to be a bit more of a, a closer contest and um kind of arrived for when it when it kind of got away from the atlantic selects but um they they put on a good contest the arrows you know had some trouble um it was it was an entertaining game in front of a, again a healthy crowd for for an academy game
0: yeah abso- uh, absolutely i thought it like to me I, th- I thought it was a really entertaining game i mean the through like I said, it's like a couple of tries that were scored. I mean, we've mentioned Rayon White just kind of dancing through everybody. Mm-hmm. Even like Gets had a couple of really nice tries um, for the Atlantic Selects. Um, the the forward pack, I think one of the, the big difference makers in this game, to me, the Arrows pack. The um, Arrows, the scrum. The scrum was, was absolutely dominant. dominant. Yeah. Just steamrolled the uh, Atlantic Selects on multiple occasions um one of the i guess one of the changes that came down late in the game hank stevenson um was ruled out so they kind of shifted the lineup around so he ended up with a tom artman um who's also part of that high performance academy like kind of like that one step level up a little bit and um he was in the engine room and like that looked like it made a big difference but also he had line out take after line out take after line out take in this game um very clean um game from him all around so um you know probably a, another player for arrows fans to get uh to get excited about as you know we uh kind of keep building here i think um but i think like ultimately like what this game kind of shows coast to coast cups probably going to be very entertaining it looks like yeah like, yeah both games so far have been um really fun to watch. And obviously it's a team that's going to be playing in the coast to coast cup. So, um, I don't know, man, I, th- I think, I think it's, uh, it's shaping up to look like it's going to be a pretty entertaining tournament. Right. So I think the, uh, the Academy is going to have a couple more games. And I mean, there's, um, I know like the weather, maybe wasn't the best, um, before the skimming in Seattle, but, um, like these, these, I'll just say it again. Like these games are super fun. And uh, and, free. Um, and free and free. <laughs> and definitely if you're coming, if you're coming down for the MLR game, like come for like an extra two hours and, uh, you know, just, you know, kind of watch the next level. Cause it is super entertaining. Um, one other game I did kind of want to briefly touch on before we get into the MLR um, out in the BC premier league, uh, UBC faced off with UVic, in um the semi-final the bc premier league and ubc absolutely throttled uvic um 67 21 is the final score Ooh. yeah no tough <laughs> tough one um so ubc now will uh will advance to the final they're gonna play uh Mariloma in the final Mariloma beat the ubc old boy ravens uh 27 14 so that one was a little bit tighter um, and kind of just, I don't know, like the reason I am kind of bringing this up is we've got a little bit of a draft announcement, um, during the last week or two from the MLR, at least confirming dates. Yes, we did. And, I've forgotten all about that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. And, um, it's, it's one of those things that's like these, um, between like the arrows Academy, the Atlantic selects UBC, like I think that UBC, UVic, all collegiate rugby or university rugby across Canada, it's going to be kind of a really interesting thing to watch um, as we kind of build up to the draft, I think. Because, um, you know, even though we kind of spent a little bit of time talking about the arrows and the positivity that we can maybe pull from another loss, at the end of the day, they're 1-8. in Which means you should probably start watching a lot more university rugby um because the arrows maybe are on track right now to get the first overall pick or at the very least the top three pick in the draft
1: it's looking at at the very least the yeah. Third pick yeah
0: yeah so um you know e- even though we are pulling some positives from this um uh, from from the loss and the there is the reality that they are one in eight. So it might be time to start kind of looking at. A Handful of these like UBC UVic guys, and uh, you know, maybe that the coast to coast cup will probably have a few u- university players that are going to be draft eligible. Do you know uh, if that's um, that's going to be broadcast anywhere? The coast to coast cup, oh, uh, they'll probably, I, I don't, but I'm imagine they streamed it on YouTube, I think, last year. Oh, perfect, yeah, I believe that's what they did. I last hope year. so, and then the year before too when bc did the coastal cup when they had all those regional teams, mm-hmm. they streamed that on youtube too oh hopefully then um, oh so, and i mean also this game was streamed on youtube as well so like if you missed this game i believe it's on the toronto arrows youtube page um so like if you miss this game you can go back and check it out um rayon white's tries are definitely worth checking yeah out. yeah um, any- i don't
1: know if i don't know if anyone put together a highlight pack from this game but yeah check them out they
0: are the the highlight packs yeah um (laughs) yeah yeah. that's that's the highlight pack um but i yeah so i think like it's gonna be worth checking out and i think if you're an arrows fan man it's gonna be worth keeping an eye on uh um i mean i'm not like the academy guys maybe don't have to worry about being drafted but like um like ubc uvic and some of these teams Mm -hmm. that be playing soon um gonna have a lot of university eligible guys so uh if you're starting to kind of Look towards next year. If you're an arrows fan, it's like that. Uh, that draft, that first round pick. Hopefully, it'll be number like maybe it'll be number one. Maybe it'll be two or three, but like it's looking like it's gonna be real high. So it's uh, gonna be something to start keeping an eye on.
1: And we already have Owen Rutton from from uh 2022's draft is still playing in the arrows. I think he played yesterday. So it,
0: it works run probably runs probably been the best arrows draft pick so far um probably a few of them they've had that haven't
1: uh signed
0: or yeah, stuff like that um, issues james o'neill has been really good but obviously he was drafted by la
1: yes
0: training. i think he, he
1: is but, i think james o'neill is the best player who was drafted
0: for that, arrows. Arrows. that yeah. wasn't it wasn't that drafted by LA as by Toronto drafted yeah um but yeah so I mean it's I, I don't know it's it's gonna be a thing to uh to definitely keep an eye on I think as we go forward um so uh, another eventful week in Major League Rugby as a whole so quick breakdown of the other four games because we already did the only thing that matters from Houston's thirty-four to twenty-seven victory over New York. I don't even think we mentioned the score last time, so I'm just going to get that in there a little. There was bit. a rugby game there. Yeah, so like, I, I don't... thought it was in the Octagon. Yeah, I know, right? It's like we should do that. It should be halftime entertainment. <laughs> that would be outstanding. That's what we should do. It's at the M.L.R. final in Chicago. The coaches that aren't involved have to <laughs> do like a royal rumble during halftime. <laughs> Or at the very least, send the mascots there. Let Archie beat up a couple uh oh a mascot cage fight would be great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I wanna see I wanna see Archie beat up an orca. I uh, like that would be great. <laughs> um, or whatever a free jack is. Let Archie just destroy that. Um <laughs> either way, on to actual rugby, I guess. Um Matt Heaton had a nice little line break that led to uh, Rowita Biddle. Um you know putting rugby atl out to an early 13 nothing lead and um that would be the end of that um as the uh, new england free jacks would storm back 23 unanswered points they beat new or they beat uh, rugby atl 23 13 i saw a lot of a lot of fans at, at halftime a lot of new england fans
1: complaining that losing their minds was like you you put 50 points on us by half time last
0: if there's one thing it's like the city of boston is hilarious because they've had too many good sport teams that they don't know how to lose they don't know how to to be calm like they can't they're like you like they don't understand how to actually react They, they react to things in a proper emotional mindset um, because...
1: Yeah, yeah. The Boston has a brand. Thankfully, yeah. their rugby team is full of Canadians, yeah. and they do know how to react.
2: Yeah, exactly. And as
0: proven by your 23 unanswered points you just mentioned. Exactly, and part of that 23 unanswered points, Spencer Jones picking up his first try in uh, free Jack colors as well. Gorgeous little crossfield kick to set that up too. Mm-hmm. On to the nation's capital bit of an upset. We'll call this an upset considering what we said about the Eastern Conference versus Western Conference uh, last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great and bowed. Um, had a pretty solid game. three for four on conversions, one for one on penalties, and also kind of earned a penalty try as a pass to Danny Tusatala, was intentionally knocked on. So I'll give, uh, give him a little bit of points for that. Kyle Bailey also made his DC debut, but he got a yellow card, so maybe not that exciting of a debut. Um, but Either way, at the end of the day, D.C. wins 36-22. Um, Lance Williams kind of balled out for uh, Utah, though, in the loss. So that was...
1: Certainly did, yeah. I think there was there was a uh, Penny Lasaka try and a Mika a try, I
0: think. And they're yeah. both
1: in my fantasy team. So Oh, there fine. we go.
0: The MLR staff uh, fantasy team. Though.
1: Not not too <laughs> oh, concerned yeah, we'll, about
0: the final score for Utah, but... We'll see. The important we guys us-
1: got on the board. We were against the, uh, the the league leading rock and roll this week. We'll see how that goes. But um, I was expecting this game between DC and Utah to be nearly 100 points combined. You know, the, yeah. both teams kind of have a brand, which is what's defense. And <laughs> I was a bit surprised that it was only kind of 50, 58 points in this game. Yeah.
0: Speaking of what's defense. Yes. Um, San Diego made a trip down to Dallas without half their team. Um, uh, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> unlike the Arrows, though, I think this was by choice. Um, so that meant uh, Sears Duru got a rare start, mm-hmm. uh, but also no Ma Nanu too, because that would have just been fun. But either way, um, da- San Diego maybe by halftime kind of regretting that little lineup strategy um, as through a stage the best team in the uh, Western conference was deadlock 1919 with the, uh, the Dallas Jackals who seemed best to be... team in the league, best team in the league. Yeah. We're deadlocked with the Dallas Jackals who do seem to be constantly improving. Mm-hmm. Um, however, at halftime, unfortunately the San Diego Legion remembered who they are um, and stormed out, started lighting up the scoreboard. Um, and, at the end of the game, the jackals kind of came back and were in a losing bonus point territory. And then Tion Lutz ruined that. Um, so yeah, literally like within seconds, ruined that. Dallas just scored, and then Tion Lutz immediately scored off the restart. So Dallas walks away. Um, and they still get the try bonus point. Um, Jason Higgins, pretty good game from him again. Uh, you know, key in setting up a couple tries, also saved a try too. Um, really mm-hmm. nice play to uh keep a uh um to hold up the ball as uh uh Dallas was crossing over the line. Yeah,
1: Dallas did have an interesting tactic of of uh injuring a a, a San Diego Legion player so that Nate Augsburger came on early, uh which is an yeah. interesting tactic. He's probably been the best player in MLR this season. Yeah. Um so I don't think they were play I think he was at twenty one, so I think he was supposed to be coming on as scrum a backup half. scrum half uh later in the game. But that's not how it worked, and I think he had. No, that was last week. I can't remember. He had. Oh, he did some crazy spin through like Dallas's defense. Still, yeah, and still yeah. made a couple of line breaks. I'm like, do not play Nate or make yeah. Nate Augsburger play.
0: Yeah, Ox is Augsburger, Augsburger might be M, like early halfway season MVP. I, like, I don't know who. Yeah, who else? He's, he's been I, unreal for them. Uh you could probably pick a lot of guys off the San Diego back line. Um,
1: yeah, they had they had they had a diminished diminished lineup in this game. I don't think there was there was no Blair Cowan. I don't think there was Nate Orsberger was on the bench, like we said. They, Dan Pryor was captain, his first captaincy. So I mean, good yeah, for him. Cool. And he played really well in this game too. He did. He was the top tackler on on uh, San Diego. Um, he. Yeah, he, he did have a good. He he usually does, but you know he had a he had a good performance. Yeah, um,
0: he, he really kind of San Diego's whole backline was actually really good too. Uh, out there eight got a try and stuff mm-hmm. like really nice.
1: I would say just to to end it is uh, Chian Lutz with that try at the uh at the death. That was Dallas's one thousandth point conceded.
0: Oh, already? <laughs> oh, <my God>. Yeah. <laughs>
1: jeez do you want to do you want to take a guess how many points they've scored uh 300 and 49
0: 340 okay 349
1: i'll take it, I'll take it. as a yeah. thousand I, you know concerns. what
0: i didn't i didn't factor in this game into that if yeah so you would have been right otherwise yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> um that's yeah that's exactly what it was um on to another East another east versus West clash saw the Enola Gold travel up to the Windy City to battle the Chicago Bulls or the Chicago Hounds dressed like the Chicago Bulls from the 90s. Unfortunately, they could not channel that Jordan Pimpid era of, you know, constantly winning championships and getting really cool documentaries called The Last Dance made about them. Why? It's the first dance. The first dance. Yeah, exactly. So... Unfortunately, despite being dressed like one of the greatest teams in sports history, the Chicago Hounds could not convert that into talent and ability. And uh, Nola shot out to a 24 nothing lead and never really looked back.
1: Yeah, uh, it it does feel like Nola played a half and then coasted, and coasted the rest of it.
0: Yeah, They ultimately win 37-24. Uh, rare kind of game with no Canadians, really it um eric howard not in the lineup neither was (laughs) neither was lindsey stevens um eric howard we didn't mention though last week um got his 50th cap so he becomes you know adds his name to the uh, list of ever-growing list of canadians to reach 50 caps so um that's really cool howard was um one of these his earlier caps is that he was the captain of nola for the first um Arrow's home games, the first pro game in Canada, was actually captained by two Canadians, which is a cool little. It's a uh, nice, it's, it's a, a nice team. little stat. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> um, So that's, uh, so there we go. And uh, actually, because of that, Eric Howard, I think, was also one of the first players I did a post-match interview with because he was in that game. Um, So there's my little Eric Howard memories of his uh, first 50 caps. I'm sure the- he remembers it. Oh, I'm sure fondly. he remembers it fondly. Yeah, it's probably yeah. it's the best. It's, uh, he told me it's actually the biggest moment of his career, um, and uh, I believe it. Yeah, no, me too. Exactly. Um, and so, yeah, so that kind of yeah, no Canadians. So why are we still talking about this game? Cool jerseys for uh, Chicago, though. Um, and then yeah, and then the la- that's it. That about sums it up. Last game was the coach fight, so uh, that covers everything. Um, hmm. Anything uh, that's really anything that sticks out to you from this week? Other than um, the coaches fighting each other because we talked about- other, other
1: than the obvious, uh, yeah, no, I don't, I don't think so. Nothing. It was fairly, um, well, tame. Other than the coach fight. After that, it all seemed fairly. Um, I actually, I had Chicago pinned to win. At least in my Super Rubik's. picks, I can't remember what I said last yeah. week on here, um, because I, I really can't, can't get a gauge of what Nola are. You know. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes they're a monster, sometimes they're a duck. Like I don't understand, and I'm hoping for the duck next week. Um, yeah, me too. And on the other side of things, I can't understand why Chicago, with the plethora of talent that they sure. have, I can't understand why they can't get a result. It, I
0: don't understand it. That it, it genuinely is one of. Like I feel like it's one of the more bizarre things in the season this year because, like, mm-hmm. the Chicago Hounds were basically really benefited from the Giltinis and Gilgronies being. Yeah out the
1: the, the the core is the Gil teams. Sam Harris is was the guilty the Gilgronies head coach. He brought a load of his boys over, and it seems like. That's why, like, I want to say, well, it's definitely not a talent issue; it must be a chemistry issue. But how? It's, it's the, it's,
0: it's the it's same a lot team. It's <laughs> from the same teams, yeah. And it's, um, yeah, it, it's so, like, bizarre to me. Like, even like, okay, so this, like, just reading this, this is the Chicago Hounds backline in this game. It was Michael Baska. Luke Cardi, Julian Dominguez, Billy Meeks, Bryce Campbell, Mark O'Keefe, and Chris Matina—absolute like, monsters, all of them. Yeah, like, um, so you have Meeks and O'Keefe were all M.L.R. centers last year, um, and then like a Dominguez, I think, was the one of the wingers. I think Meeks is back to back, back to back, 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 back of the year, <laughs> back, back of the year, um, like that whole. Like that whole backline should just scream like, like five tries a game, mm-hmm. and for whatever reason it's just not, not clicking. I don't right. understand. Basca like, has just come from Pro D
1: two. He was with Utah a couple of years ago, but yeah, he's been playing in France. I don't. He's a
0: really. I good don't. Player. He's fantastic. Yeah. I don't. I don't get it. And even like coming off the bench too. Like they had J P on as, as a sub. Like even like the guys like it's. It's, I don't know. Like, it's kind baffling. of flexing. I guess it's. I mean, if anything, it goes to show you that there's more into assembling a team than just putting together. Mm-hmm. A collection. Even Toronto beat them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's really what you could. Sam Malcolm beat them. Yeah. Even yeah. yeah. Sam Malcolm carried the, the rest of the team. Yeah. But it's like I kind of wonder, like also too, like other things, like what was Billy Meeks doing for like the first couple weeks or whatever? So I I know All that weird he was training team. camp stuff that like he was just
1: he there. He had issues, him and Julian Dominguez had uh, visa issues. Oh it's always so it's... they clearly they're resolved now, but they couldn't play
0: yeah. the start of the season. Um not for any reason, just you know, just one of these things. But even like yeah, like their their pack is also like I mean it's pretty good too. Like it's um Yeah. I, d- I, I just like I don't I don't get it really. Like it's it's it seems so it just seems so weird that it's like they're they're basically built from the two best teams in the league last year, um, salary cap issues or whatever it was aside.
1: But yeah, I they're... I keep thinking like okay, well for the they... first kind of half right. of the season, I was thinking like, okay, well they'll get it together next week. They'll get it together next week. They'll get it together <laughs> next week. Yeah, we're, we're ten weeks in now, and they're what are they? They're one and eight, right? They're one and eight. They're the same yeah, as Dallas. And... Same as the arrows.
0: Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's so, it's, it's so bizarre, but yeah, I mean, goes to show you that there's a lot more to, uh, assembling a team, I guess, than just yeah. like, I don't know, like talent is like you said, it's like talent isn't enough, right? Like it's, you gotta have chemistry or the work ethic to kind of make things work. And it's just, it's. And I don't think, really
1: well, for them right now. my my brain isn't telling me that it can't be either of those things, but, or at least my heart is probably because like, they're the same team. The core is from the the, the same team under the same coach. Yeah. And yet something's not clicking.
0: Like you said it's like a team, like when they, they announced their lineup and you kind of look at the all, the all MLR team, you're like, they had four guys from it, like just a yeah, back line. And then. Like the guys that weren't in that were like Bryce Campbell and JP Eloff. and you're like Awful. Yeah, terrible. <laughs> well, apparently they apparently it is awful. So apparently, yeah. I, I remember before the
1: season started thinking, oh my god, it's gonna be another, you know, walk over, it's gonna be a boring season. Gil Gu- guiltini's twelve and three or whatever it was, twelve and four. They're yeah. just gonna walk walk to the shield. Nope. That's San Diego's job this year. <laughs> you are not
0: messing around. Oh yeah, apparently.
1: That's all I had.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, DC kind of surprised me with their their win over Utah though. So that's I think that's a fascinating development in the Eastern Conference because that shoots considering nobody in the Eastern Conference can actually win a game, um that shoots them up to mm. second in the East. With Obviously, with without without uh, taking anything away
1: from Utah, I feel like they had a couple of of shock wins as well. Yeah, they they oh, they that, beat the know. Free Jacks. They beat Houston. Yeah. yeah. So they had they had some shocks that I I did not expect. Um, maybe it's just life correcting itself. But yeah, maybe D C have improved over last year, and I know they've they've had some haven't had as many as many injuries as Toronto, but the injuries they have had seem to be always season ending. From the sound yeah. of things, well, Stan South is out. Corey Daniel is out, who was the top tackler in the league last year. Mm. Some big, big names to lose. I think there's yeah. another one I can't quite remember as well. Who's out for the season? Oh, um, Mike DeBoulas. He's out as well. Yeah.
0: Uh, they, one good thing that they do have going for them, though, is Jameson Fanana Schultz is um not getting suspended constantly this year. Yes.
1: Yeah. 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 Captain C... Was it was ballsy before the season, but it seems yeah, to be saying like um,
0: well. um So I mean he's having a great season, yeah. Something to keep an eye on. Um other league news. Uh we did kind of touch on it, but San Diego's re-signed Michael Smith. Um uh, <laughs> Smith <laughs> the obviously. big news of the weekend, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um it, hey, it's big, it's big to us, man. It's big. It's yeah? Just, yeah, he's a former guest on the podcast. Like we we have to we have to shout out Michael Smith. He's obviously um you know he's going to be he was obviously you know taking um some time off to uh, go pursue medical school um so it looks like now that we're hitting april maybe school's over and uh smith is uh, going to be rejoining the San Diego Legion for the rest of the season um which is super fun um not a bad um yeah kind of mid season addition at all yeah no, smith smith was unreal last year he was unreal for canada Um, genuinely like, I feel like one of the, uh, you know, Canadian players I'm like really excited about. So happy to see him back. A lot of, it just kind of adds to, there's a lot of really good Canadian, uh, open side flankers in this league. Um, yes yeah. <laughs> very it, strong at one position yeah <laughs> we're, super, we're we are good at one position Um uh, obviously like atlanta matt heaton played well this week mm-hmm. Um Rumble plays well every week nakai penny we i don't even think we mentioned it when we were talking about the euro seattle game nakai penny was really good uh, yeah
1: he's 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 really earned his um his starting position this time i know yeah he benefited from that early injury to to ronan foley but Competing or competing, yeah. kind of playing alongside Charles Elton, who's oh. absolute stud. Yeah, he, that, Penny uh, is also really, really kind of shining.
0: Yeah, it's a hell of a back line a uh, back row in mm. uh, Seattle with um, Elton, Penny, and Hatting. Hadding, yeah. Um, it's probably a reason why they were undefeated for as long as they were. I'm, I'm happy to see Michael Smith back. Um, I would wish him the best of luck as the San Diego Legion attempt to. I want to say walk away with the Western Conference but um everybody seems to win in the Western Conference. Um so the Utah Warriors are the team I feel bad for right now because they're 6 and 3 and um they would be uh second in the west in the east. Um but they're going to miss the playoffs in the Western Conference if this holds up. Yeah. That's and and second. probably like 4
1: and 5 New York or something is going to get in in the east.
2: Exactly.
1: Yeah, exactly, yeah.
0: We'll uh we'll Sorry, see <laughs> The, yeah, the seven and nine New York Ironworkers. When it's all said and done, make the playoffs or something, right? Um, yep, might be. Yeah. Um, maybe uh, only other real thing is uh, the Miami Sharks have named uh, Jose Palacenia as the, their head coach. They so have. Cool. They have a coach. They have a coach. Yeah. Um, so that's
1: former cool. former uh, Argentina under twenties coach. I think. Don't know much about him.
0: They have a coach. Yeah. Well, I brought you on here specifically for your expertise on oh well coach. You kind of caught me off guard here. I hope I know his nickname is Coochie. Oh well there you go. Well, hopefully Coochie can um Coachie, deliver... not Coochie. is oh, different. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, I'm not sure. Either hopefully uh Mr. Palasinia um can deliver some uh you know a nice Al Pacino-esque any given Sunday speech to uh, his version of the Miami sharks and uh, rally the troops. Um, and I suppose uh,
1: we'll, we'll find out more about that. They have like a big reveal party later this week, Miami yeah, or exactly. like announcement party. I don't know what what to call it, but might find out some more information for next week.
0: Yeah, that's cool. I actually really like the way the sharks are kind of going about the, they're really, really uh, yeah. utilizing fan engagement.
2: It's, yeah. It's no, good.
0: good, good for them. It's definitely something that, uh, the league hasn't really had in other team reveals um, for expansion teams so far this. Oh, for expansion teams.
1: I thought you were, you were hinting at some other team that had a uh, bit of a disastrous
0: uh, rebrand this year. Oh yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's still weird watching them play. Um, But yeah, I just kind of meant the, the in general, the general rollout of uh, new teams um that has happened over the first six years of mlr i like i like what the sharks are doing a lot more Mm -hmm. Um, all right so uh, if you got nothing else to add for uh um week nine there or a week 10 whatever uh, ninth game round 10 we um, are week 10 already yeah yeah so uh we will uh move on to uh some predictions for the uh upcoming week here Sure thing, yeah. There's only four games this week. Only four games. And uh once again, Stu has submitted um his picks to me. We'll let you pick as well. Stu still an abysmal below five hundred. Just <laughs> what did I get last week? Uh am I even there? Pretty good. <laughs> Stu deleted your answers. Wow. Yeah, what a jerk, man. Hiding out in his bunker up in Algonquin Park. He can't, he's not even here to defend himself. Even. I know, he's not. Classic. Also, I mean, I, I don't even care that this is the same order. He is really taking um, his opportunity to not be ridiculed on the show to pick against Toronto. and Again. I, again. Um, he's picked Nola and I'm not sure I want him back on the show after really what he's done. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, I'm going to pick Toronto to beat Nola because uh i'm not a jerk like Stu, so
1: yeah i think i might pick uh toronto to beat noda perfect. exactly You're not because perfect.
0: i'm proud of my team Stuart. yeah ex- exactly we both are and i mean captain canucks enemy is a guy named mr gold so oh
1: yeah you mentioned that last week yeah, yeah
0: exactly. here we go so uh we can't as i think it's our duty as canadians to never side with anything related to gold it's probably also why our money is worth less than other parts of the world <laughs> um Either way, on to the other games. Uh we have the Seattle Seawolves versus Dallas Jackals. Stu has uh picked the Seawolves, unsurprisingly. I think that is uh that is a safe bet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think uh Seattle. They they uh, they look pretty good. They look pretty good this week against Toronto, too. Um, and then realistically, these are the two fun ones this week. Um New York, New England we were talking about rivalries earlier. Maybe, maybe, uh, Mm -hmm. this will have a little bit of bite to it. You know, I think, I think new England, um, New York are
1: really suffering from a similar injury injury situation to Toronto. They're up to about 12 as, as well. So I think that's just going to be too much for, uh, for New York. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, I think like New York's injury situation is tough. Um, I really want to see Andrew Cole continue to extend this try scoring streak, but um, I think he might have to extend it in a loss, unfortunately. Um, because, yeah, I mean, New England... I think New England right now has just proven to be the best team in the Eastern Conference. And they are, yeah. Until... I mean, especially with the fact that they're the only team above 500 right now until they get... <laughs> Which their, is hilarious. Hilarious, yeah. So, uh, I think New England is now... I mean, we're halfway through the season. New England is firmly in that you have no reason to pick against them ever. Mm-hmm. Um just roll New England. Next one also going to be fun. Who knows who's actually on the bench for this game? Um but the Houston SaberCats are going to visit the San Diego Legion. That has got guess- to be the game of the week. Oh, for sure it's the game of the week. Yeah.
1: And it's really really tough to call. I'm gonna stick with
0: San Diego. They are my favorites for the Shield. Yeah, I think, man, and San Diego's at home in this game too. San Diego's at home, and Houston's not gonna have a coach. So <laughs> gen- yeah. genuinely, like it's, it's no, um, they need, um, yeah, uh, I would recommend. Hopefully, Snapdragon Stadium has their coach facilities a little bit further away from um the Legion bench, I guess. Um, we'll see what happens there but yeah I, I I think I'm kind of feeling San Diego too. Stu for the record also picked um New New England and San Diego um which seems like kind of seems like the way to go. I don't know San Diego hasn't really shown me any reason to pick against them neither has New York mm-hmm. it's it's uh it is what it is I think at this point in the season it feels like we're tracking to a San Diego New England final so. Although the Sabercats may have something to say about that. Um, both team, both conferences' playoff races feel really close, but for two completely different reasons. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it feels like,
1: apart from the Free Jacks, nobody wants to play anyone yeah. from the
0: West. <laughs> well, yeah, even the Free Jacks are losing the teams from the West, so that's what the two is in the seven. True, two. true, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's... It's so bizarre, like, looking at the East standings, you got four, four, and five. Like, is that not also the weirdest part? Like, if the arrows string together, like, what, four wins in a row? Like, they're in playoff contention. Which they have done before. Yeah, like, it's... That's how it's they made so, the playoffs in
1: 2019.
0: <laughs> it's so... Bizarre. They are currently only... Uh, what would that be? 15 points back of a playoff spot.
2: There.
0: Considering they're one and eight
1: Eight? One in eight. That's absurd. That's
0: yeah, halfway through the season at one in eight, they're only fifteen points back. And I
1: think they could they could be old, old glory, and you know, they could be Atlanta. On
0: they got the, pl- they're not playing New York again. In the other conference, Chicago is twenty points back of Utah at six and three, who themselves are another six points back of a playoff spot. So it's wild. That's yeah um yeah you seattle at seven and two is has the same of 34 points as the same amount of points as new england um leading this so yeah it's it's absurd um very bizarre differences um so i think uh that about does it for uh for this episode um if you enjoyed it um be sure to check out all our episodes um on a variety of platforms, whatever you wish. We have a video version of this available on YouTube. Audio is obviously available on basically every podcasting platform that you can think of, especially Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Make sure you you know, give it a nice little five-star rating, like it, comment on it. Um, Helps everybody, you know, find the podcast and helps us grow the show a little bit. We also have a website, larougerugby.ca, which um, currently features a whole bunch of arrows, batch reports, match previews. And, you know, post-match interviews with players, as well as stuff for the academy teams. Um, that's on the Arrows Black Box section of the website. You can also find us across a variety of social media networks, including Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. I'm sure there's a whole bunch that I can't think of that you could probably still find <laughs> us on there. Um, and all of it is at LaRouge Rugby. So make sure you don't like, subscribe, you get updated on every single update that we'll put out, including, especially including new episodes. Um, you can find my personal social media is at Brissette the Jet um, across all those very same social media networks. Stu, who is holed up in his bunker, so maybe send him some messages or something, give him something to do. He's at, at Hardman, which is spelled H-4-R-D-M-A-N. James, uh, you do a ton of great work um, with uh, stats and stuff. For I think all MLR fans truly appreciate what you do. But where can everybody find all these uh, these amazing stats that you uh, pulled throughout this episode?
1: So yeah, it's uh, MLR stats on Instagram, and I use my personal Twitter for that. So that's at Jam and Delay J A M D E L A Y.
0: Ultimately, thanks uh for joining us. Uh we'll uh there's another exciting episode covering uh major league rugby, all the Canadian players and of course the Toronto Arrows. Hopefully all the coaches keep their hands to themselves this week. And uh you know, we'll uh we'll be back next week for another great episode. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching and uh see you next time.